Hey friend, I bet you've got some co-workers that think you're crazy for believing the Bible is actually true. Well, is it? Let's talk in October. Is the Bible actually true? Hey friend, in this little series, we're going to ask a few questions like, what does it mean that the Bible is inspired? How did the Bible actually get written? Do we have the right books? And is the Bible really full of errors? I hope you enjoy this mini series on is the Bible actually true? Well, hey friend, to start this podcast episode, I want to tell you a story that happened to me when I was in college. I went to Murray State University. This story is not against Murray State University. I love the racers. Go racers. I'm an alumni. I love going to racers games. I love Murray State students. And so this is not a knock on the university, but as you know, it's a secular university. So I had an English class and I'm in like the basic level English, like 101, 102, something like that. And we had an assignment and the assignment uh, for this class was how to use footnotes and endnotes. So my professor said, look, you can write any paper that you want, any topic that you want. Just make sure that you use sources. And here's how we're going to footnote them. I think it was MLA or MLB uh, is how we had to do the certain footnoting. And then here's how you do an endnote. So here's how you make the bibliography. And that was basically the whole assignment. It was just to see, can we make footnotes? Can we make endnotes? Can we make a bibliography? And the, the professor said, you can use basically anything you want to for a source. So she gave some examples. She said you could use newspapers, you can use um, blogs, articles, you can find books at the library. Um, you can even uh, use like a conversation with your grandma around the dinner table, just as long as you footnote that correctly. You can do a text message from your dad. Um, I think she actually said you can use The Simpsons if you want to. Like those an example of just like a TV show, cartoon, doesn't matter. Just whatever you want, just make sure that you footnote it and make sure, you know, put quotes around it and do an endnote. So a pretty easy assignment. So I'm a new believer and I don't remember exactly the topic that um, I wrote my research paper on, but it's something on like, what is the gospel or something like that? Because I was just everything I did. I wanted to, to proclaim the gospel. Like I'm a new believer. Everything's great. I want to tell everyone about Jesus as much as I can. So um, I used all sorts of footnotes. I used John Piper. I used other uh, preachers that I like. And of course, I'm flooding this thing with scripture verses and I'm footnoting them correctly. Um, whether it's, you know, Ephesians 2 or John 3, I'm footnoting these things, ESV, making sure it looks right, in notes, boom, everything's great, turned in the paper. And I got an email from the professor that, want, that wanted me to come uh, to her office. I'm like, okay, like maybe she wants to believe in the gospel. I don't know. That's kind of what I'm thinking. And so I go into her office and she was not happy. Like she just had a, had a mad face on. And she said, Mr. Cunningham, you're going to have to redo this paper. And I was like, uh, uh, okay, D did I mess up the footnotes? Did I do something wrong? And she said, well, you use the Bible all throughout this paper. And, um, and the Bible is not a credible source. And I just kind of paused for a moment, and I was like, okay, let me make sure I got the assignment right. So so we're trying to work on footnotes, trying to work on endnotes, and um, you said we could use basically anything, like conversations with my grandma, The Simpsons, a text from my dad, um, a book, a blog post, but the Bible is not 
credible? And she said, yes, that is correct. The Bible you cannot use in a research paper because it's not credible. And so, I mean, I'm a a freshman in college. Like, I don't know much about what she's arguing. Obviously, she's teaching English. She probably knows more than I do. So I left the class and I was a little bit dumbfounded. And so I have to redo the paper. And so I I kind of, you know, sort of went around it and would be like, hey, Paul said in so-and-so. So I would quote the Apostle Paul and I wouldn't actually quote um, the Bible. But but here my professor, my English professor is telling me that, yeah, the Bible, it's not a credible source. And to her, she was saying like, look, um, the Bible, it's really like some alien mystic book, like nobody reads it, nobody takes it seriously. That That's how she was speaking to me, like very condescending, like I can't believe you would even try to use the Bible. Like, don't you know better? Don't you know we're in a university? Don't you know we're in scholarly places? Of course, no real person would ever quote the Bible or believe that it's it's true. And of, of course, now later realizing that um, when it comes to English language, like you can just Google this, like there is no greater work when it comes to the English language than the King James Bible. Like the KJV is the most important work in all of the English language. The Bible is the most profound book in the history of the world. Like there is no denying that even if a English, a freshman professor says, hey, you can't use it. So here I am, a, a college student, I don't really know any better. And and I'm a thinking, hey, hey, maybe she's right. But the truth is she was dead wrong. The Bible is not some hokey, mystic, crazy book that, that has no basis for being true and that you can't actually use it as a credible source. Let me tell you, it is the most credible source in the history of the world. So what we're going to do in this little series is we're just going to ask the question, hey, is is the Bible actually true? Because if you're going to love it, then we want to know, is it actually true? Like, are the words true? Did God really speak it? Is the Bible that you hold in our hands actually what uh, God wrote? Um, are there errors in the Bible? Like, we're going to deal with all these different questions in this little four-week series on, is the Bible true? So we're going to start in this episode and just ask the question, well, first of all, what exactly is the Bible? So the Bible is God's revelation of himself to us. So it's God's, that's why we say it's God's word. Okay. And when we talk about the Bible, you've probably heard words like inspiration or inerrancy. And what those are meaning is when we say it's, it's inspired, we're saying that it's God's word. God actually wrote it. And then we say it's inerrant. We're saying it's without errors. It's completely true in everything it affirms and everything that it teaches. So we actually believe those things as Christians, but, but how do we know that's right? Um, so we're going to take a little a little time and dig in and just answer those questions. So I want to start with John 17. Jesus says this, Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. So there Jesus says, hey, sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. So Jesus is saying the word of God, it's true, and it's what we need to be sanctified with. So is Jesus right? Is the word of God actually true, and is it what we need to be sanctified in? 
I love a little quote from Grudem, what he says about the word. He says this, It is helpful for us to learn that the Bible is historically accurate, that it is internally consistent, that it contains prophecies that have been fulfilled hundreds of years later, that it has influenced the course of human history more than any other book, that it has continued to change the lives of millions of individuals throughout its history, and through it people find salvation, that it has a majestic beauty and a profound depth of teaching unmatched by any other book and that it claims hundreds of times over to be God's very word. So yeah, the Bible, it's kind of a big deal and it is historically accurate. It's internally consistent and it contains all sorts of prophecies that have came true and it changed everybody's lives. And yes, there is no book like it in human history. So the, the next question I want to deal with is, does the Bible claim to be God's word? Like, does the Bible actually say that? We've dealt with 2 Timothy 3.16, where it says, all scriptures breathed out by God and profitable. Uh, so yeah, God breathed it. it. The Bible claims that God breathed scripture. So when we think about God breathing scripture, we're dealing with the doctrine of inspiration. Uh, we say it's the inspired word of God. That, that means it's from God himself. Now, when we talk about the inspiration of scripture, we're not saying that all the writers were inspired. Okay, we're saying that all scripture is inspired, meaning that everything Paul said was not inspired. Paul said a lot of stuff. He wrote a lot of stuff. Not all of Paul's words are inspired. When he was writing under the inspiration of God's Holy Spirit, that's when he was writing the inspired Word of God. So when we talk about inspiration or the inspired Word of God, uh, what theologians will say is it's verbal plenary inspiration. Now, what does that exactly mean? Well, verbal, it means that, that the words, the words that were spoken, the words that were written down, that were breathed out by God, those are actually the inspired word of God. So the words that God said, that were breathed out, that people wrote down, that's verbal inspiration, that the words themselves are inspired. And then plenary, it means the whole Bible is actually inspired. So if you've been to a conference and you've been to like a breakout session and you go to a plenary session, a plenary is like everybody at the conference is at that one. So verbal plenary, it means the whole thing, every single verse, every single chapter of Scripture is the inspired Word of God. Now, of course, objections to this is, well, no, maybe the Bible in general is inspired, but not like every word. And so then you get things like, well, there's nuggets of truth, there's a general truth, but all of it is not true. Now, of course, the problem with that is, uh, if that's actually right, then how do we know what things are true and what things are not true? The answer is, uh, we decide. <laughs> so we become the authority, uh, not God who spoke the Bible. So when we reject verbal plenary inspiration, that everything in the Word is inspired, we actually reject God's authority um, in the Bible over us, and we become uh, the authority. So when it comes to the Old Testament, it's pretty easy to see the view that this is God's words, right? Like Jeremiah 1.9 says, Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. <laughs> Like, that's pretty, okay, yeah, that sounds like God's word. Um, Jesus in Luke 24, 44 and 45, he looks back to the Old Testament. And he says, look, it's all inspired and it's all about me. It's the whole story of me from the Old Testament. But when it comes to the New Testament, uh, did the New Testament disciples, did the New Testament writers believe they were writing scripture or did they just kind of 
just mistakenly write down some stuff that then became scripture. Like that, that's one of the things I really want us to get from this episode that the disciples and the apostles, they actually knew they were writing scripture and they recognize it is, is as scripture as it was happening. So for instance, John 14, 26, Jesus says this, but the helper, the Holy spirit whom the father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So Jesus, looking at the disciples, saying, hey, I'm about to go, but the Holy Spirit is coming, and here's the deal. He's going to teach you all the things, and he's going to bring to remembrance all that I've said. Now, why is he saying that? Because he's cluing the disciples into, hey, you're going to be writing these down. <laughs> like, hey, Matthew, hey, John, um, you're going to be writing these things down so that there will be a record, so that God's word will be shown through in the Gospels. So the disciples knew that they were going to have a mission, which is to write down everything Jesus taught, which would become Scripture. We also see that Peter actually knew Paul's letters or Scripture. Love this text. 2 Peter 3, 15 and 16 says this, And count the patience of the Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him. So you hear that? Wisdom given him as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction. Listen to this. As they do the other scriptures. So Peter is saying, hey, look, I know sometimes Paul's letters, they're a little hard to understand. <laughs> like, that's good for us, right? Because I get to Paul's letters and I'm like, what? You do too, right? That's good news. Even Peter was like, yeah. Paul, sometimes he's a little hard to understand. And he says, hey, and in those places, the ignorant and the unstable, they twist the words of Paul as they do the other scriptures. So he says the other scriptures, meaning what Paul's writing, they're hard, but it's scripture because he couldn't speak of other scripture if Paul's words weren't scripture as well. And of course, the other scripture is the Old Testament. So he's saying people twist the Old Testament scriptures and they twist Paul's letters, which are actually scripture as well. And then we see also that Paul quotes both the Old Testament and the New Testament as Scripture. 1 Timothy 5, 18 says this, For the Scripture says, Do not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain. Now that's Deuteronomy 25, 4. And then he says, And, quotes, The laborer deserves his wages. Now that's actually Luke 10, 7. So Paul says, Hey, I'm going to quote some Scripture for you. And he quotes an Old Testament Scripture and then a New Testament Scripture. And he says, Hey, I'm quoting Scripture here. So we see that even the disciples, the apostles, they knew that the words they were writing were actually Scripture. Hey, we are out of time for this episode, um, but I'm pumped about the next uh, three weeks as we dig into, is the Bible true? So next week, uh, we're going to ask the question, how was the Bible written? That's a really good question to ask. Like, how did the Bible actually get written? And how do we know that it's actually uh, what they wrote with God's Word? And then we're going to ask, do we have the right books in our Bible? Like, what about the Apocrypha? What about those other books? And then the last Thursday of October, we're going to ask the question, does the Bible have errors? And we're going to have that debate. We're going to talk about that. But hopefully what you've seen today is, hey, the Bible, it's the inspired word of God, verbal plenary, all of it, every word, it's actually God's word. And the disciples, as they wrote the Bible, they knew were writing scripture and they referred to each other's writings as scripture, just like the Old Testament. I hope this month is going to help you understand the Bible. It is true. It's all true. 
because of that it'll make you have more confidence in your bible and it'll make you love your bible more tune in next time as we ask the question how did the bible actually get written i'll see you next thursday